0: Headliner Radio, the creative voice. A very warm welcome to the process on Headliner Radio today. I have the pleasure of speaking to Scott Cheswick. He's a producer, songwriter, and musician, best known for his work with the All American Rejects, Panic at the Disco, and Weezer. Scott, welcome to the show, man. How are you?
1: Hey, man. Glad, uh, glad you asked me to be here. I'm, I'm really happy about it. No,
0: good stuff. It's, um, <laughs> I'm really happy to be, uh, to be chatting to you today and. Um, I know you've been uh, you've been pretty busy recently, and uh, there's going to be some some cool stuff for, for us to talk about um, music-wise. Um, where are you joining us from? Now I know I'm reading here you're originally from from Austin, Texas, but currently based in LA. Is that right?
1: So I'm actually in back in Austin right now. Okay. So during the pandemic, a lot of uh, heavy family stuff happened. So I was in LA for 13 years. And then I moved back to Austin during the pandemic, but I go back and forth. So I have a place in LA, got a place here, um, and just once a month fly back and forth. I'll go and like spend a week just writing and writing and writing with a bunch of different artists, try to like double up my days, do two a day, write as much as possible, and then kind of come back here and like produce out all the tracks at home. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's a good balance.
0: Cool. I was going to say you look like you've got a pretty nice studio set up uh where you are at the moment um so is that is that kind of where you do most of your work in in austin or is it do you find yourself or is it kind of shared between
1: yeah it's kind of it's a little bit of both i have most of my gear here it's like 80 percent of it is in austin so i'll do like the majority of production stuff here um and then in la it's like 20 percent. so it's more of like a writing room there there's like an acoustic piano there's like a little moog synth and stuff but it's it's mostly just for writing and getting the song down and then here i'll do all the instruments and nice. the layering and all
0: that nice and and before we talk about um some of the some of the bands that you've worked with and some of the projects you've you've done over the years um when did you first get started in in music scott i mean it's a bit of a loaded question but what, what, are, you, what are you sort of your musical origins and, and when did you first get your your first big break i guess
1: Okay, Um, well, music origins, I guess, would go all the way back to when I was like three. My mom was giving my sister and I piano lessons when we were little, but I didn't really like take it that seriously back then. Um, And then I really fell in love with music when I started playing drum kit when I was like 13 and absolutely fell in love with it, was obsessed with drums. I would literally like skip school to practice drums. Most people were skipping school to like smoke weed. I was (laughs) skipping school to practice drums. Um, and then it only took like a year after getting a drum kit to be like, okay, music is the thing that I want to do with my life. Um, and then I started, was playing in a bunch of different rock bands, loved classic rock and prog rock and like, you know, all the things with like great drummers in it, like Bonham and stuff. Uh, and then also my dad had like a Fender Strat in the house. So I played guitar, played a little bit of bass, just kind of like playing a little bit of everything. Um, and then with drums, you kind of, I mean, every genre of music has drums in it. Like, you can't play, I don't know, trombone in every single genre of music, but you can play drums in every genre of music. So I got into, like, hand percussion and world music. Uh, I played in an Afro-Cuban, like, funk band. Nice. That we did, like, street shows, and I was on congas for that. Cool. And I played tablas uh, in, like, a classical Indian group, and we did, like, Indian weddings and stuff. Cool. These are all, like, my teenage formative years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then got my first recording rig with, like, a little shitty Dell laptop and cakewalk and was just recording myself all the time. I know a lot of people are like, I started recording my friend's bands and stuff, and, like, I've always been just recording myself mostly. And then got into recording other people later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still, like, I don't know, my process is still pretty similar, though, because I sure. play, like, jack-of-all-trades. I'll play all the instruments yeah, yeah, good yeah. enough to record. Um, Do you
0: mostly consider yourself a percussion man though? Uh,
1: or- In the beginning I was. That was my main focus until I, when I was 19. I messed up my back. I uh, injured it. I was like helping a buddy move studio. I was lifting heavy gear without proper posture. Um, if you're listening, kids, use proper posture when <laughs> lifting heavy things, because I messed up my back and I can't really play drums oh, shit. that I'm much playing. anymore. Yeah, like if I sit at the kit, like after about 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, my back is toast. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to keys. I started focusing on keys. I got a, a teacher, and originally I was like, I was thinking, you know, production was always my love like when I got at first it was like drums and then when I was about 18 or so it was like oh I just love like recording myself and making beats and recording singers and writing and that was like my big love and the idea was I'm gonna get a keyboard teacher and get better at producing um, and then after about a year of keyboard lessons my teacher was like hey there's this opportunity to go on tour uh, as a session keyboard player, you should just try out. I think you could get it. And I ended up getting it. And that was, like, my first, uh, I guess, real job in the music industry. Before that, I was just, like, working at a, you know, rental video store on Santa Monica Boulevard. And was that, was that tour with uh, All American Rejects, or was that, like... A- that was with Christina Perry. And then, uh, like, six months after that, there was another random audition... Uh, and that ended up being all American rejects. Right. And I've been playing keyboards with them for over a decade now. And then that kind of led to other things too. Other like uh played for Adam Lambert, yes. uh, Gerard Way, uh who else? Leah Michelle. So yeah, a bunch of like random nice. keyboard gigs. And then uh yeah. after many years of touring and seeing the gr- and seeing the world, which I love. I love traveling. Yeah, yeah. um I I started focusing more on production and studio stuff and songwriting and kind of through a friend of a friend that I met on the road, I ended up getting my first pub deal, um, which led to like my first big cut with Weezer sure. and then yeah, yeah. led to their management, the same management as Panic at the Disco, so I kind oh, of yeah. went in there and got like two songs on Panic at the Disco's last album and yeah, just been working with a bunch of people ever since then. Nice.
0: I mean, yeah, some of these bands, like some of these names, I mean, especially All-American Rejects, Panic at the Disco, they were really kind of blowing up in, like, the early to mid-2000s when I was at school, um, at high school. And, um, I mean, their first album, both of those bands were I- incredible. And I know that, that Panic at the Disco have gone in a slightly different direction um, with their last record, uh, Pray for the Wicked, which you say, um, like you say, you worked on. Um, how was it working on that? And and I think one of those records um, that you mentioned was was top ten as well, right? Um, which must yeah. be pretty cool. too.
1: yeah, yeah. One of the the singles that I had called "Silver Lining." Um, it yeah, it got like top ten, which was really cool. And then I had another album track on there that was really fun. And it's funny that you say that you were like listening to them in high school because like we're probably similar.
0: I mean, age I'm thirty. Yeah, 30. yeah.
1: I'm thirty two. So go. like. Yeah. I was in school too when all these bands were like in their big like original heyday. They all have like this resurgence now, but like the original heyday. Yeah, yeah. I was in school and aware of all the music. So like when I got the Rejects gig, I already knew like half of the tunes just from like the radio and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was was like kind of easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah. So working specifically on the panic thing, uh, it was like a situation where it was like an instrument it was these two instrumentals that i made that i pitched to the management and then the album producer jake sinclair kind of brought those instrumentals into brendan the singer and they like wrote songs on top of the instrumentals and then maybe like added a bass part or a guitar part or something but like kind of what you hear on the record is like my instrumental plus brendan's vocal and then like a few like production trickery stuff that like jake is amazing at and they added like real strings and stuff and yeah
0: yeah it's a nice record and and you know when i listened to it um it was kind of nostalgic because the vocal is obviously super familiar with some of these van with some of these bands it kind of takes you right back and like uh, yeah i mean pretty cool to work on um on these kind of projects and i know you've also toured you mentioned gerald way i know you've toured with mcr as well Mm um and again another band um from the same sort of era that i was listening to then um uh have you got like a most like a memorable moment from over the the last sort of decade working with some of these bands i mean i know it's obviously depending on what you what you're doing or who you're working with um different things kind of stand out um but have you got you know off the top of your head have you got any particularly favorite um gigs or any like you know favorite moments from um from over the years?
1: And I'd say so recently, uh, probably the most important song that I've been a part of recently came out with this artist called Bishop Briggs. Um, it's called High Water. So during the pandemic, me and Bishop Briggs, we we kind of were the only people working with each other. It was just, we were in each other's bubble like during the pandemic and stuff and would get tested. And I wasn't really working with anybody else. She wasn't really working with anybody else for mm-hmm. about two years. And, uh, we had like a really intense shared experience together. We both lost our sisters within like six or seven months of each other. It was wow. kind of wild, but it was also nice to have somebody that like understood that and we just have like long talks about it. So the song that just came out, high water, it's kind of about you know it's really her story like she's the artist um and it is mostly about her story but it's kind of like dedicated to both of our sisters and there's even like home video audio from both of our sisters that's like in the bridge and yeah it's pretty crazy it's pretty powerful um,
0: man yeah I mean yeah yeah so that was kind of like your lockdown projects then i'm guessing it sounds like yeah
1: yeah pretty much that was that was like 90 percent of my energy was going towards that and we got a big batch of songs and the first ones are just kind of now coming out incredible yeah very very personal very powerful
0: um project by the sounds of it and um, i'm gonna go check that out as soon as we get off um this cool to be honest um because yeah (laughs) um What's your? I mean, it, again, it must vary depending on 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 what kind of artist you're working with, um, Scott. But what's your general creative process like, or general approach to 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 producing a track? Or, um, I, I mean, are you more of a producer, or are you doing mixing? Are you recording? Like, what are you? What's kind of more your? I'm, I'm
1: mainly a producer um, and songwriter, and some of the so- like I'll mix out of necessity. Sometimes and like my rough mix will end up being the mix, but I'm not like out there trying to get like mixer jobs. I like I like producing and like writing in the room. Um, And I guess my process would be like it really changes with with different artists. Um, You know, there's there's people that I'll do sessions with that I'll like prepare a bunch of instrumentals and stuff and, and like kind of play it for them and see what they vibe with and start writing lyric and melody to it. Uh, and then afterwards I kind of like take it back to Austin and then fill out all the instrumentation. And Mm -hmm. then we kind of like email back and forth about, you know, take out that guitar, put in more horns or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then other people it's, it's like, you know, don't come in, don't come into the session with any preconceived notions. Just like get on a piano. Like we have the subject matter, like this thing just happened to the artist and she wants to write about it or he wants to write about it. And, uh, we just figure out a best the best way to tell that story and and I guess that's kind of like my real goal is to make the artist feel comfortable enough to expose themselves and 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 tell the truth tell their truth because I think that's what that's what attracts me to music is is truth I think that's what attracts a lot of people to music, whether they know it subconsciously or not uh that's that's kind of what draws people in
0: yeah absolutely I, I, I completely agree I think it's that um, emotional honesty uh, like you say that that really shines through and, and which the fans often identify with and and connect with um, which uh, yeah it's interesting I mean what, what's your to to sort of move on slightly to the the tech side of things, what's your, um, set like at the moment, Scott, obviously you said like 80% of your kits there in, in Austin. Um, but what, what kind of, um, setup are you running at the moment? Are you doing everything kind of in the box? Have you got, you know, some, some outboard gear knocking around that you, that you can just, uh, pull into the chain? Like what's the, what's your sort yeah. It's of, a, yeah.
1: it's a, it's a mix. There's a lot of in the box stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of instruments. Uh, I'm hardware yeah. yeah like the studio in LA it's like I'll fly with my vocal mic that I've been using forever it's a vintage Neumann and uh I just love it love it for vocals so I'll I'll always have that on me okay and then there's that acoustic piano there that I can record there's like a little synth and then I have like being a keyboard player I just man I have like a shit ton of synths that I've just been collecting <laughs> could, over the years like imagine. you can't see it it's out of the camera's view and for there. the podcasters yeah. you wouldn't be able to see it anyways but yeah there's like a whole wall of synths over here old juno and Prophet and yeah yeah Korg, ms20 and whatever an old Rhodes piano over here some guitars yeah. um yeah a bunch of different rack things soothe you soothe all the yeah, time yeah
0: yeah i mean that i mean that obviously kind of part and parcel of the same question really is um is plugins i mean it's something that every modern day producers and engineer is using, um, whether that's, uh, you know, using it a lot, or using it just a little bit across their mix. But Soothe, I think, is one, um, from the guys at Oak sound that that's been picked up really quite heavily over the last couple of years since it, since it come out. And it's sort of, it's quite unique in what it
1: does. I think, um, how familiar are you with, with their stuff, Scott? I've been using Soothe for a while now and I pretty, Pretty much every single song, it's in there somewhere. Usually on vocals, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, just especially with, like, Zoom co-writes and stuff, because a lot of times, like, the artists won't have the best microphone, and it'll be, like, a cheap condenser that's, like, super harsh and brittle. Um, So, I mean, just yesterday I was, like, getting a demo together of an artist that, like, had a really bad microphone, and, like, Soothe just totally cleaned up all of that harshness. And especially when it's like five stacks on top of each other in a big chorus, it's just all that harshness builds up and builds up. So a lot of times I'll put it, I'll have like this bus that's just all the vocals, all the vocal sins going to this one bus and Soothe is on there just like taming it a little bit. And sometimes on like the mix bus as well.
0: Yeah, it's something that you can use quite it's quite flexible in how you can use it. I think, like mm-hmm. you say, you can just put it across your vocal bus, but you can put it across the entire the entire mix bus. But um, yeah, it's just it's more of a time saver more than anything, um, I think, isn't it? In in you know, like you say, notching out those little frequencies,
1: like definitely, it would have taken me forever to like figure that out with just a surgical EQ and pianos too. It's really great for pianos because like that's something re- recording an acoustic piano. There's always some note that is just like poking way out or some harm weird harmonic that's poking way out that you can't find so like Soothe kinda helps with that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Safe to say it's it's used
0: quite a lot on your on your mixes then you look across your work and it's kind of pops up quite a lot. Then
1: Yeah, I would say pretty much all of them since i got it sometimes like, it's hard to know. stop
0: using something isn't it when you get so used to it and, it and it like you say it does such a saves you so much time and effort and it's just like yeah totally why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah. yeah i
1: know it's like it's in the template already so yeah. like
0: why wouldn't i <laughs> exactly um i mean yeah cool uh, what have you got um planned for the for the rest of the year scott i mean there's probably some projects can't talk about for whatever reason um but what's uh i I guess what are you most looking forward to that's uh that's coming up
1: more songs coming out with bishop briggs that i'm super excited about um there there is a song that i i don't know if i'm supposed to talk about but it's with an old legend a legend okay of the music business a rock legend uh, or just more more pop legend okay you'll see i'm excited about it (laughs) um but anyways uh, and then doing some live shows with the all American rejects. Cause things are kind of like opening up again this year. So we're doing a bunch of like festivals awesome. and random gigs. And then me and Tyson, the singer from all American rejects, we actually have a side project coming out. Um, it's called now more than ever. We're like shooting like the album's done. It's we're mixing it right now. Oh. And we're like shooting a video for it next month. Um, what else? Oh, I have like a little soul funk project that I like to do uh, with my buddy, Greg. And uh, we have the Oza Motley horn section playing on this new release that we're going nice. to do later this year. So, yeah, a bunch of different things.
0: Yeah, cool. How is it being back out on the road, gigging? Like, obviously, COVID, everything
1: stopped. It's and- weird, man. Yeah. It's, like, been two years. So we played our first show in two years, like, a couple months ago. And it was... It felt like a million years had passed and no time had passed at all. Yeah. Was, yeah. We remembered the set because we've been playing it for like a decade. And, uh, but it was just like so weird being in front of people again. But it's really fun. I miss it. I forgot how much I missed it. Yeah. So I'm happy yeah, about yeah. all the shows we're about to do. And just that crazy crowd energy. I can
0: imagine everyone being cooped up for two years and then it's just like, get back up, get back out there. It's, uh, yeah. It's oh, exciting, yeah. Man.
1: Everybody's hungry for it. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Um well it sounds like you've got um lots of uh lots of little projects going on, lots to look forward to this year, Scott. So um all the best with, with everything you've got going on. Um I'll keep an eye out for, for new music with said said legend that you uh that you <laughs> mentioned. I've it's piqued my curiosity now. So uh, <laughs> I'll keep an eye out. But um yeah, thank you so much for uh for your time uh chatting for the podcast. It's it's been a real pleasure. I think that's a nice place for us to uh To wrap it up but um for the purposes of the podcast we'll say our goodbyes now and uh hopefully we'll catch up very soon
1: cool man thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it it's all good you're very welcome take care scott all right man bye
0: headliner radio supporting the creative community